The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You would better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's Gospel reading from Matthew 25 is about Jesus' second coming. I wonder if we Lutherans in the pews actually give much thought to it. So I've been doing some canvassing, and in this very informal and small poll, I can tell you that so far we're about half and half. About half thinking about his second coming, and about half not giving it very much thought at all. We do know that the early church believed that Jesus would return soon, even in their lifetime. And as years passed, and that did not happen, they were perplexed. Today's parable about the bridesmaids and the oil addresses this situation of waiting and being ready when Jesus' return is delayed. After 2,000 years of waiting, how much do we think about it? The New Testament gives it a lot of thought. It has over 300 references to Jesus' return. It is described in many ways, including when the Son of Man comes in his glory, the day of the Lord, our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, the last day, the coming of the Lord, the end of the age, the end of all things, the day of Jesus Christ. Leading up to the day when Jesus comes again, the Bible describes all manner of calamity, famines, natural disasters, plagues, wars and rumors of wars, increasing in severity as Jesus' return draws near. 
every generation of Christians since Christ died has looked at the world around them and some have said clearly, the Lord is coming back now. I see all the signs. We could reasonably be tempted to make such an observation today. Of course, every generation so far has been wrong. And the Lord said that no one knows the day or the hour, not even Jesus himself. Yet, he could still return at any moment. C.S. Lewis wrote, The doctrine of the second coming teaches us that we do not and we cannot know when the world drama will end. The curtain may be rung down at any moment, say, before you have finished reading this paragraph. Ooh. Or, I suppose I could say, before this sermon reaches its amen. So, the Bible teaches us, very broad strokes here, that Christ will come again, that things will be increasingly bad before he returns, and that no one knows when that will be. But after all that, when he has come to reign, when, as Paul said in Titus, our blessed hope comes, what will that be like? Here are just three of many of the descriptions in the Bible. First, the end of evil. First John says Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. And in the Revelation, in many places, it says that in the end, Satan is defeated. Imagine an existence with no evil thoughts, words, or deeds. Imagine an existence filled only with God's beauty and goodness and love. Second, Isaiah describes the world redeemed, healed, and at peace. All the groaning creation will be healed, people and animals and the earth itself. Isaiah 65 says, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. And a bit later, the wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. A peaceable kingdom. What a blessed thought. And third, we will be with Jesus and without suffering or sorrow. In his promise of a new heaven and a new earth, in Revelation 21, Jesus says, we will be at home with God. We will be in God's loving presence every day. And God will wipe away every tear from all the crying eyes of the world and wipe away the reason for the tears. He says there will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. No more dying. We will be done with brokenness and violence and war and illness. So maybe some of us aren't consciously thinking about Jesus' return, but do you have a deep yearning for peace in this world, for an end to evil and killing and violence? Do you yearn for the earth itself and all of its creatures to be healthy and whole?
Do you long for the healing of everything that hurts in this world? I am yearning for all of those things. Are you too? Then maybe we are not far off from thinking of Jesus' return and his loving transformation of all that is. In our parable today, Jesus describes a time of waiting for all that. The bridegroom arrived later than expected, which caused a curve level. Generations of people, from early Christians until today, thinking they saw the signs, quit their jobs, climbed up to their rooftops, and gazed into the sky to see the Lord coming back, and then had to climb down again and rethink their lives when he did not. If that approach doesn't sound like a good one, how should we live? How should the faithful be ready and awake and watchful for our Lord as we wait in our lifetime? My friends, let's take the long view into account. Let's take care of this earth and make peace for the sake of future generations. Let's worship and pray and do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. Let's embrace joy and live gratefully and generously. Let's commit ourselves to compassion. Let's love one another and encourage each other and build each other up. That's how we wait. We just simply get on with the faithful life, doing the work we are called to do for whatever time we are given. I'll close with the words of a hymn from 1921 by French Oliver about a farmer waiting for Jesus and getting on with his work. It's called, When He Comes. There's a king and captain high, and he's coming by and by and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. You can hear his legions charging in the regions of the sky, and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. There's a man they thrust aside who was tortured till he died, and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. He was hated and rejected. He was scorned and crucified, and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. When he comes, when he comes, He'll be crowned by saints and angels when he comes. They'll be shouting out Hosanna to the man that men denied. And I'll kneel among my cotton when he comes. In the name of Jesus. Amen.